Good morning, and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Darren Shane, your announcer for this, the first Sunday in Lent. The Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the organist, Mrs. Susan Sinniger, and the acolytes are Jordan Clybaker and Kai Brown. Radio broadcast is sponsored by Stones Prairie St. John's Lutheran Church at Purdy and dedicated to the glory of God. These broadcasts are made possible by donations to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help. Good morning. Welcome to worship today. Anybody want to preach the sermon today? No? Okay. Just thought I would ask. All right. Uh, uh, Okay, so we have some announcements before we begin with our worship today. First of all, we we are continuing in our Lenten series, Return from Exile. Uh, those are on Wednesday nights. Uh, the next one is, of course, this coming Wednesday at 7 p.m. here in the sanctuary. Uh, and then the, uh, let's see, uh, the LYF Lutheran Youth Fellowship Valentine's Dinner is today after worship. I was told by Fawn this morning that there are still, uh, that there is still space available even if you didn't have a chance to sign up. So if you would still like to come, even if you didn't have a chance to sign up, there is still space available that is over in the fellowship hall. I smelled it this morning. It smells great. Uh, and Lena Bremer uh, is going to be moving to Springfield, and she wants to thank everyone for being so good and kind to her all of these years. And she wanted, to, wanted me to make sure that I announced that, and we will certainly miss her and miss her presence here, but are um, glad that she will be able to be uh, very close to family. And so with that, let's begin our worship today with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day. Lord, we ask that as we worship you now, that you would give us a zeal this morning for your house of worship here. Thank you that you are our Redeemer, our Messiah, the Anointed One for us, our Emmanuel, God, with us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Our first hymn is number 734, I Trust, O Lord, Your Holy Name, number 734 in your hymnal.
We begin this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart, and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching Him, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love. For they have been from of old. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. The Lord has remembered us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord. Both the small and the great. We will bless the Lord. From this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from old. Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, you see that of ourselves we have no strength. By your mighty power, defend us from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Our Old Testament reading this morning is from Psalm 22, verses 23 through 31. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel, for he has not despised or disdained the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. 
Before those who fear you will I fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. They who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him, those who cannot keep themselves alive. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, for he has done it. This is the word of our Lord. Continue with the gradual. Oh, come, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame.
Thank you very, very much for that. It's now time for all the young disciples who are here today to come forward for the children's message with Mrs. Menning. Uh, now is a good time to bring up your mighty mites as well. Good morning, everybody. Can you guys see over there? Because we're going to look at this stuff right here. So if you can't see, come on over. Today, Pastor Jake is going to talk to us a little bit about a passage from Romans. And I want to read that before we start our children's sermon, okay? So this comes from Romans 5, for anyone who wants to follow along. Romans 5, and it starts with verse 1, and and it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we are still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. And more than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So let's talk about our lesson today. How many of you know what this is? What is it, Harper? What happens, what does a sponge do? It soaks things up, right? Whatever goes into the sponge comes out of the sponge. So, for instance, I've got some coffee here, because that's what we had a pot of at my house this morning. It's cold. If I put this sponge in here, and then when I squeeze it, what comes out? Coffee, right? It's all dirty. I should have brought paper towels with me. But if I put a sponge over here in water and I soak that up, what's going to come out of the sponge? Water, right? Whatever goes in comes out. We are promised in our baptism 
that God fills us with the Holy Spirit. We are told in Romans 5.5 that God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. And as Christians, we are also promised trials and suffering, right? John 16.33 says that Jesus says, in the world you will have tribulation. Tribulation is a big word. What does the word tribulation mean? Anybody know? Tribulation? You want to take a guess, Cordell? What do you think, Mrs. Warmington? What does the word tribulation mean? <laughs> Trouble, hardships. In life, we are going to get squeezed, just like the sponge. Trials squeeze us, okay? Sometimes they squeeze us physically. They make our bodies feel tight and scared. Sometimes they squeeze us mentally. And God tells us in the Bible, we are going to have those trials. But in Romans 5, 3, and 4 that I read at the beginning of the sermon, we are also promised hope through that suffering. So the Holy Spirit grows in us to help us whenever we're squeezed by trials. And the Holy Spirit grows in us in several ways. One of those ways is when we hide God's word in our hearts. What does it mean to hide God's word in our hearts? What does that mean, Harper? That's right. One thing that we do over at school is we memorize scripture, right? We put that in our hearts and our minds so that we know it from memory. We study the Bible. We study God's word and what it says. Um, and then another way that the Holy Spirit grows is not only through hiding God's word in our heart, but it also grows whenever we pray. That's something we do every day, right? Luke six twelve, Jesus gives us an example of when he prayed. It says there that he went to the mountain to pray, and he prayed all night to God. Jesus shows us by example there that we should pray so that the Holy Spirit grows in our hearts. So when we are squeezed, do things come out of us sometimes um, when we have trials that maybe aren't clean? When people around us say negative things, we might start to think or say or believe those negative things too. When we hear bad language on TV or when we see bad attitudes on TV, we may talk or act that way too, right? Um, but when our sponge is filled with the Holy Spirit and when we are praying and asking for forgiveness, um, when we are talking to God, then when we are squeezed in his trials, we are filled with his hope, okay? And that is an awesome, wonderful thing. Let's pray. Paul prayed in Philippians... 9 through 11, a prayer that we are going to pray this morning. So I want you to close your eyes. I want you to fold your hands, and we are going to pray. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. 
And may you be filled with God's Holy Spirit every day so that when you are squeezed, his love pours out of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Our epistle reading this morning is from Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his Son... How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the ninth chapter. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, Who do people say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others one of the prophets. What about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, You are the Christ. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed, and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. When Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. 
You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. And he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. For what good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory and with the holy angels. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. In our next hymn, we will sing verse 1 and then verses 4 through 5. Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is the epistle lesson from Romans that was just read. We're going to specifically concentrate on verses 1 through 8 of this text. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul talks about something that happened between us and God. He talks about something called a dividing wall of hostility, and we're going to read that. It's Ephesians 2, 12 through 14. 
He writes, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. When Adam and Eve sinned, it created a divide, more specifically a chasm between us and God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That sin was so great, so grievous, so awful, that God kicked Adam and Eve out of paradise. And just so that they wouldn't be able to get back in until the appointed time, he puts a a cherubim and a flaming sword waving back and forth to make sure that they never again enter paradise until the time had come. And the time came when the Christ was born. After Adam and Eve fell, and sin happened, and sin entered the world, and God finds Adam and Eve, He speaks very powerful words to them. And He has very specific words for for the serpent, more than likely Satan. And he says this to Eve. I'm sorry, he says this to the serpent. He says, there will be an offspring that comes from her that will crush your head. And you will die. And of course we know that that offspring that came from Eve came from the Messianic line came from the line of King David, and that was eventually Jesus. And so the moment that Jesus was born, the moment that the Christ was born, God with us, the moment that he was born, the dividing wall of hostility had been broken down. And it was no more. Because of him, because of his eventual death on the cross, and because of his resurrection. And it is from this background, from this basis, that Paul writes to us in Romans chapter 5. Let's take another look at that. We're going to begin at verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God because we have been justified before Him. Not on anything that we have done, not on any merit or worthiness of our own, not with gold or silver, but by the precious blood of Jesus. Have we been justified? Now, of course, we must ask the question, well, what does it mean to be justified? Simply put, you are in a courtroom. You are the defendant. God is the judge. The Father is the judge. And he sits on his bench, and Satan is the prosecuting attorney. 
and he has your rap sheet. And it's long. And if you're thinking there in your pew, well, mine's not as long as that one. (laughs) Trust me, yours is long. And Satan says, look at everything that this person has done. Look at everything that they have done. They have deceived you. They have disobeyed you. They are not worthy to be given forgiveness. They are not worthy to be called your child. They are not worthy to have the blood of Jesus over them. Simply put, they are not good enough for you. And he goes further, by your law, God, they must die. The wages of sin is death. That's what it says. And then there's Jesus. And he says, Satan, you are right. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And that gift is me. And do you see this? Do you see this rap sheet? Um, can I borrow this really quick? Do you see this rap sheet? Sorry. That's what happens. The rap sheet is gone. Your sin is forgiven. You are made righteous before God because of the blood of Jesus. And therefore, you have peace. Peace is not something that Satan wants you to have. He doesn't want you to have peace in your life. If you don't have peace in your life at this moment, it's Satan's fault. Because that's what he wants. But again, no. Since we have been justified, made right before God by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The dividing wall of hostility has been broken down because of the blood of Jesus. Going on to verse 2. Through whom, Jesus, we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of of God. Heaven was not possible for you or for me before Christ. It is through Christ that we have gained access to heaven. Yesterday we had the funeral for one of our beloved members, Herschel. And his confirmation verse was spot on. Because it talked about how nobody had taken his crown of life because of his faith, because he held on to his faith. And it talked about earlier in that, in that same chapter, it talked about how it is Jesus who has the key of David. It is Jesus who has the key to heaven and hell. And it is Jesus who lets people in to heaven or lets them out. By our own merit, it wasn't possible. No matter how good of a person that you think that you are, no matter how many times that you come to church, 
Your access into heaven is through Jesus. Yes, it is still all about Jesus. By this justification, by being made right before God, we have access to grace. Going on to verse 3, not only so, not only this, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character, and character, hope. We boast in the Lord because we have hope. So when we were in that courtroom scene, and Satan has his rap sheet before us, we can boast because of Jesus. Because of the grace that we have been given because of Him. We can rejoice in our sufferings because we know that tribulation, that hardship, works patience, works perseverance. And that perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. What is Paul saying here? Paul is saying here that he can take anything bad that has happened in your life and make it for good, for the glory of God. Even death. He can make it for good, for the glory of God. You see, we can rejoice when one of our loved ones dies because we know where they are. We know that they are in heaven. We can rejoice in our sufferings because of the hope that we have. We can rejoice when the diagnosis comes back not good. We can rejoice when our relationships are broken. We can rejoice when our marriages are broken. Why? Because we have hope in Christ. Through whom we have gained access to peace with God. Going on to verse Four. Perseverance, character, and character, hope, going on to verse 5. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom He has given to us. We talked about this last week as well. God has poured out His love into your hearts. It is an overflowing love. It is a love that will never stop, will never cease, no matter what you have done, no matter, no, no matter how many times that you have done it. For there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Another reason for why we can rejoice in our sufferings. Another reason for why we can have hope in our sufferings, and in our trials, and in the hardships of this side of eternity. Because God has poured His love into our hearts. Going on to verse 6, you see, he says, at just the right time, when we were so powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. He wants us to think about this a, a little bit more. While we were so powerless, Christ died for the ungodly at just the right time jesus was born at just the right time your forgiveness was won at just the right time it was all pre-appointed do not forget that the moment that god created adam and eve he created a plan to save them it happened instantaneously 
You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. And let me reassure us once again that for you and for me, we were the ungodly. We are the ungodly, except through Christ. Because when, Christ, because when God sees you, he doesn't see the rap sheet. He doesn't see your sin. He doesn't see your past failures. He only sees you as his beloved. He only sees you as his perfect child because the blood of his son has made it so. Going on to verses 7 and 8, Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. Verse 8, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In, In the Greek, that word demonstrates is God provides evidence for his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The message is, that the message this morning is really not that hard. While you, were a still, while you were still sinning, while you continue to sin, Christ has died for you. And because of that, you can rejoice in your sufferings because we have been justified. Because we have been justified, we have peace in spite of upheaval in our lives. We have peace, and our salvation is secure. That's why Paul says elsewhere that that when we mourn over the death of a loved one, we do not mourn as those who do not have hope. Because we do have hope. Because that hope is found in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who went to Calvary's cross, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then in that glorious transfer of love and grace and mercy, he has given to you his perfect righteousness so that when you were found in that courtroom, that he said, no, my blood has covered them and will continue to cover them. They have been made whiter than snow because I have shed my blood for them. And here's what's really, really awesome, about, or at least one of the things that's really, really awesome about this is because he knows that we sometimes forget that and we sometimes, that sort of, we kind of hear that a lot and sometimes we become perhaps a bit numb to it and so he gives us that to remind us Wrap your minds around this. The same blood, the exact same blood that Christ shed on the cross is there before you. That's what the Bible says. It is there before you to eat and to smell and to taste and to see the touch and to touch the goodness of God and His mercy and to tell you once again your sin has been forgiven. And you can have hope. You can have hope because of he who made the promise, Jesus Christ. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now say together the words of our Christian faith using the Nicene Creed as it is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in one God, God the Father Almighty, Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten and not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we collect our tithes and offerings. Now is a good time to fill out the uh, attendance slip that is on the back cover of your bulletin. Next week, we will be going back to the red books, uh, so this will be the last week for that, so please fill that out. Um, Families, remember that you only need to fill out one per family, and will uh, somebody please get Pete a new bulletin? (laughs) Thank you, Pete. Uh, With that, we collect our tithes and offerings. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. Trinity's Children's Sunday School and Adult Bible Classes meet at 8.45 a.m. each Sunday in the school. A men's Bible study meets at 6.30 a.m. each Wednesday morning in the chapel. Several ladies' Bible studies meet during the week in surrounding areas. For more information, call the church office at 417-235-7300. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness to the public marketplace. Living and Dying, speaker of the Lutheran Hour, Rev. Dr. Ken Klaus, looking at sinful mankind. Jesus found what he was willing to die and live for. Are we willing to do the same? Romans 5, verses 1 through 11. We will now join the congregation in the celebration of Holy Communion.
In our prayers this morning, we have a few folks that we want to remember. First, we want to pray for those who are on our health list, for Melvin McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Ella Kleibaker, Flora Oberman, Landreth Worm, Dana Robb, Erwin Kruger, Erna Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Orrin Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, Dan and Joan Haynes, Addison Trokey, Steve Doss, Jeannie Stoltz, Becky Morgan, Wayne Towers, and Lauren Barnes. Also for the family of Herschel Worm, who passed away last week. And uh, uh, we also have uh, some birthdays and anniversaries, uh, specifically for Ruth Nelson, who will be celebrating 91 years of life on February the 26th. And also for God's speed to Lena uh, as she is moving to Springfield. We go to our Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, no matter what we face or battle on this side of eternity, we thank you that through it all we have peace. We have peace because we have been justified. We have peace because our salvation is secure. We have peace because of the, because of the blood of the Lamb that has covered us, and we are beautiful in the eyes of you. Lord, in your mercy. Our Father in heaven, look with your kindness upon all who hold public office, who, who hold public office in our land. Fill them with your wisdom. Give them both courage and care, and make them to hold their office with honor and integrity. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for all those who are suffering, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally. We pray especially for those who are helpless, for the family of Herschel. And for all, Lord, we name before you in our hearts. Lord, heal each one as you know best. In every time of testing, teach us to hold tightly to you in faith, that in the end they, that in the end they may know the consolation of your love. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we especially give you thanks for all those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries this week, especially for Ruth, who has a birthday tomorrow. Thank you for sustaining her in life to this day, and we pray that your face would shine upon her every day of this next year. Lord, in your mercy. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we ask that you would uh, grant safe travels to Lena, and Lord, we thank you for her years of service uh, here to us, and we ask, Lord, that, that, that you would always continue to watch over her, guard, and protect her. Lord, in your mercy. Our Father in heaven, prepare the hearts of those who receive Christ's body and blood this day. With our Savior in us through this sacrament, give to us a peace that rejoices even in sufferings. By your gracious working, let those sufferings produce endurance. Let endurance produce character, and let character produce hope. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And so, people of God, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts.
Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who overcame the assault of the devil and gave his life as a ransom for many, that with cleansed hearts we might be prepared joyfully to celebrate the Paschal Feast in sincerity and truth. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table today, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament to my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen.
Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on www.freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Darren Shane.
And a very special word to all of our guests and visitors today. We're very glad that you were here to worship with us this morning. We pray that your time here was a blessed one. Uh, we are going to pray before our uh, meal over there at the Valentine's dinner. So why don't we all join uh, together in the common table prayer. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let these gifts to us be blessed. May our souls by thee be fed, ever on the living bread. Amen. We pray that everybody would have a very, very blessed week. Uh, and again, Wednesday night service for Lent is this coming Wednesday night. Kids, you can wear your PJs.